You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host, Nate, Micah, and Andy. How's everybody doing today? Doing good. Doing great. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we're doing real good right now. <laughs> you jokers woke me up at about 5 o'clock this morning Wait, to well, get on the road. We're doing real great right now because we are still sitting in Peevely with our buddy, Cameron, uh, after recording a show with him, but we have to drive home. And you have to face your wives. We have to talk to our wives about what we did. Not yet. What do you mean, not yet? Not until the credit card bill credit comes card in? credit card bill don't come until the end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> See, what had happened was... <laughs> I slipped and fell, and it went right in the machine. Hey, it was can crazy. We, can we blame it on Cameron? Yeah. Okay. There you go. I think we're good, then. I don't think those He's a few hundred miles away. They ain't coming to find him. <laughs> He's safe. Yeah. Uh, it was good. Um, th- we've done this before, but this is, only, I think, only our second show that we did an on-site podcast. Travel to. Yeah. We traveled to um, one of our partners... Midwest Gunworks. Yep. Um, we bought some guns from them, naturally, and uh, we came down here to pick them up and do some playing. Yep. We didn't get to go shoot today because it's freaking raining. It's raining, yeah. Uh, we would have ran it out of time anyway. Well, that and you guys took forever shopping. I mean, geez. That's true. That's true. Perfection takes a while. I mean, I'm yeah. jealous. I'm jealous that I didn't do the same, but, you know. And then uh, Andy and I decided to then do something else on top of it, so... Uh, you have to listen to the show, figure it out. It's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yeah. Isn't that the saying? I sure. think so, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So uh, today's show is going to be a good one. Yeah. Where it was a good one. We already recorded it. We got our uh, friends at Midwest Gunworks on, Cameron Tinker, um, our main contact with Midwest. Yep. And uh, we're going to talk about building an AR and suppressors. Yep. And I think he brings a very awesome and unique view of it. Because not only, I mean, he works here at Midwest Gunworks. He's kind of their their media um, marketing guy, mm-hmm. but he is also a certified, trained gunsmith as well. Yep. So he has the experience from the back room all the way to the front. Um, you know, he's, so, he's too pretty to be in the back room. That's right. They <laughs> moved. Know? They moved into the front. I moved him to the front. Yeah. 
So Nate would say someone's pretty. <laughs> yeah. Hey, good looking fella. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> right. I'm jealous. It's awkward because he's sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's today's show, right? I mean, uh, Getting a high quality gun, I think like mm-hmm. we're all excited, you know, because we we kind of picked what we finally wanted mm-hmm. instead of what we what had before, we you know. The, yeah, uh, we're we're all gonna mostly use these for coyote hunting. Micah maybe a little more for deer on his, but I might shoot a few deer with mine. Yeah, uh, I got some different rounds for my two two three that I ordered. That's mm-hmm. uh, a bolt action uh, Christensen, and but I did I've got different V Max. I did fifty grain V Max. Um, after we talked to James O'Neill with o- O'Neill Ops, he talked about how Some 50 grand he really likes. So that's when I'm going to start running through that. And I'm um, excited about that. Andy, you got yourself a uh, 243. Seiko and, uh, or Seiko? I don't know how you Seiko. say it properly. Seiko. Seiko. Is it Seiko? And yeah, then, close uh, enough. <laughs> Micah, you got yourself a 6.5? Yep. Yeah, I got yeah. the Savage 110. So. And we're all excited about the guns. Uh, Cameron was actually nice enough to Cerakote yes. all of our guns for us. It yep. looks so dirty. So we're probably going to take a In little, a like, way. what? A family picture of the guns? Is that sure. what we should call yeah. it? Because yeah. they all match. Yeah. Twinsies. Um, and uh, we're probably going to take a little picture because they're beautiful right now. Mm-hmm. They really are. They're probably going to get – they ain't going to last long. Not going to last I'm long. I'm hard on stuff. <laughs> and um, so we're excited about that. And today, like I said, we just talk about building an AR. Andy and I both built one today. Yep. You know, we went well, through all the st- – we, we got did, the parts we to got build the, it. We got most of the parts right. to build it. You know, we got other things we got to order, that sort of stuff. And – we're going to be able to kind of put that together. Um, we're both excited to build a six arc. Yep. It's a newer cartridge. Only a few years old at this point, honestly. Hornaday kind of manufactured the rounds, I believe. Mm-hmm. So uh, going to start using those. Hope, well, I'm, my plan is that's going to be my thermal gun, yeah. at least for now. I'm going to shoot some daytime coyotes until next year. Rolls around with it. Probably a good idea. Yep. And uh, that's what we're going to do. So that's what the show is today. Before we get into t- to today's show, we got some partners. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're going to save the best for last, for this show at least. Uh, Cutty Back Trail Cams. Yes, sir. They're awesome. They make trail cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Cutty no, Link system. Yeah, dude, it's, it's one of the best. I can't I'm, – I'm already getting excited for this upcoming season just to get them back out there. To, you just pulled yours, didn't you? Yeah, I pulled yeah. mine a few weeks ago when I got done putting in my food plot. So I'm excited to get them back out there and see what bucks have made it. Mine's still out, and with the battery pack. It's still going. I have not changed batteries really? since. And I want to say I put them out in probably August of this last year. And, and it's going to still be there in August of this I year. I mean, dude, I might just it. give them the durability <laughs> test. <laughs> just see how long. Mine, the only, my home camera died. So all my other cameras, they yeah. still took, so I still had to go through a handful of pictures on each one. But yeah, so those things are money. Mm-hmm. Use code MOWW22. For ten percent off. Yep, save yourself ten percent. So, Rivers Edge, Rivers Edge tree stands. Talk about it. Really excited coming up. I mean, if you put a few, well, I need to get out there and do some tree trimming now before everything yeah. gets too burning up and, and stuff. But I'm I'm excited to get some tree stands set. I, I whenever I was picking up my cameras, I walked around the property some and I already found some new spots that I want to. You and I would be smart to hang those damn things before it's middle of July. Yeah, and it's hot like we did last year. Yeah, yeah, we. It, it was only 120 degrees that you hung stands last year. You know, like when you have it, when you're as busy as we are with kids and all the shit we do in the summer, when you have a day to go do something, you have to go do it. Right. right. 
and the day him and I hung stands was it was on July fourth. Freaking, yeah. Was it July fourth? Yeah, it was July fourth. Miserable. Yeah. yeah, it was hot. It was horrible. Terrible. And uh, so we ought to do that before. But excited about those. Go check them out. Rivers Edge. Uh, they're you know high quality stuff. You can get uh, singles, double ladders, hang ons, platforms, a little more run and gun type of stuff, a little bigger plat- uh, hang ons. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Check them out. And Lucky Buck. Put that out the other day, too. Yep. So super Need to get some more of that soon. Uh, check out our last show, by the way. That was with last uh, Dave with Lucky Buck. Best explanation. Yeah. Yeah, some high-quality stuff there. And last but not least. Midwest Gunworks. Midwest Gunworks. Yep. <laughs> so. uh, they're obviously the, I guess you call them the title sponsor of this show. The title sponsor today. <laughs> today is with Midwest Gunworks and Cameron. And uh, we talk about, you know, the AR-15. And uh, they've been a, an awesome partner of ours. Cameron probably gets a little tired of all the questions we send him. He probably yeah. regrets ever giving us his cell phone number <laughs> and starting a group text the with random, him. The random text that Nate sends. He's like, you know you guys can just look this up, right? <laughs> well, all right, I'll be honest with you. Coming here, like, seeing, like, seeing their facility, and he took us back there and kind of showed us their warehouse and stuff. Holy smokes. Like, There's shotgun parts. AR parts, I mean, just gun parts in bolt, general. Bolt rifles, I mean, everything. It is right. awesome. So, I mean, if you see that type of stuff, I mean, if you're looking for those things, this is the place. Yeah. I can tell you right now. Now, the questions I was sending, I understand why he's like, no, you dumbass. Like, that's not how it works. <laughs> I get it now. If you need parts and or full rifles, guns, anything related, check them out. It's, a, yeah. it's definitely a one-stop shop type deal. Yeah, so. so check them out, MidwestGunWorks.com. Use the code MWW5 for 5% off. So. Every part helps. Yes, it yep. does. And, uh, oh, I forgot, and we do have one more. Yes, excited to announce a new one. Yeah. Announce a new one, Camo Fire. Yeah, you... Uh, you know what, what is Camo Fire, guys? Camo Fire is a expensive habit that <laughs> I try to, you know... It's, At one point, Diamond deleted that, off my it's, phone. It's one of those things like you don't want your wife to find out that you know about. <laughs> it's one, one of them apps you <laughs> try to hide <laughs> on your dudes, phone. Yeah. The dudes at uh, Working Class Bowhunter, it's a, a delete your browser history. Yeah, I yeah. know. That, that's yeah. a really good saying. Yeah. This is going to be TMI, but it's just it's true. You know what Camo Fire used to be for me? I don't get on it as, you, as much as I used to, but you know what Camo Fire is for me? It's my morning shit. <laughs> that That's what I get on when I'm taking my. That morning sounds shit. bad. Let's explain that. Elaborate a little bit for our partner there. When I am in the morning. No, 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 no. Not on that part of it. <laughs> I get camo on camo fire. fire. Camo Fire is I want to call it a fire sale app, but it is a fire sale app. Yeah. Of hunting, shooting, anything archery, outdoor, outdoor related. related. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That they have a flash sale on for 24 hours. For 24 hours, and usually some massive discounts on those things. Um, I know they have like Trail Cam Tuesday. All kinds of shit. I mean, they have all kinds. They have camo. They got, you name it, besides basically guns and ammo Mm -hmm. is on there. Yeah. So go check them out. Yeah. And their sister company, Black Ovis. Mm -hmm. Black Ovis is more like a store. Right. Where you can go shop for stuff too. Uh, Both cool places. And uh, use the code either place, MWW10, for 10% off. Perfect. So now they were last. Not least, but neither was Midwest. So... That's how we're going to we do it. We got the whole show. I forgot my title sponsor. You know, <laughs> you I'm a host, it. not a, a good host. I never said I was a good host. <laughs> That's no shit. All right. Are you boys ready to start this show with Let's Cameron and Midwest Gunworks? Let's do it. Let's do it then. This is Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right.
Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Nate. We got a little too excited to start the show, and we forgot to announce our 100th episode giveaway. So, with this being episode number 99, um, our giveaway, or our 100th episode, is coming out next week, and we are giving away um, our stuff, which I'm about to announce, uh, on that same day, on that Tuesday that our 100th episode comes out. So, wanted to announce the items we're giving away today and thank our partners who... um, partnered with us in giving these items away and then let you know how to enter so first off thanks to our partners who uh partnered up with us on this giveaway we wanted to try to give as much stuff as away as we could for our 100th episode to give back to our awesome listeners so thank you to huntworth alps outdoors midwest gunworks cuttyback digital and wilper custom calls so the we got eight items we're giving away for our 100th episode so you can win up to eight items. Um, not going to limit uh, number of times or number of people that can enter. Um, we're going to try to we're going to try to give away eight different items. And if you happen to win more than once, you're going to win more than once. We're not going to limit you from winning more than once. Um, so our first item we're giving away is a hundred dollar gift card to Huntworth Camo. So if you win that, you're going to get a hundred dollar gift card to use as you wish. So good luck on that one. Uh, we got three Alps items, actually. We're going to give away an Alps Dash Panel Blind, a Alps High Ridge uh, Turkey Chair, and a RMEF uh, branded Ridge Stalker Bino Harness. So that's three items you can win, up to three different items you can win through Alps. Um, so those are three awesome items. Midwest Gunworks, who is the, uh, the people we have on today's show, they're giving away a $100 gift card as well to Midwest Gunworks to use as you please. Good luck on that one. Wilper Custom Calls coming in. Uh, Be on the lookout, by the way. He's going to be in an upcoming show after 100, talking some turkey. But he is giving away two different calls. First call he's giving away is a box call pocket rocket. It's a gorgeous um, bloodwood bloodwood over a roasted poplar. It's a gorgeous call. Uh, be looking for that one. And the second one he's given away is a uh, a pot call. Uh, gorgeous, once again, uh, the pictures don't do it justice. But um, those are the two calls he's given away. And last but not least, Cuddyback donated a cellular camera. So it's a uh, Cuddylink cell cam. You can use it as a standalone cell cam or as part of a Cuddylink system. Once you win, uh, we'll get you with Cuddyback, and they'll decide whether you need a AT&T or a Verizon camera based on where you're planning on putting it, and you will get a, uh, a free uh, cell cam from Cuddyback. Those are the eight items we're giving away on our 100th episode. Uh, didn't add it all up, but you're talking about three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars worth of were the giveaways that we're uh, we're trying to give away on our hundredth episode? We tried to get as much stuff together for you all as we could, um, just because we and we just wanted to say thank you to our listeners for getting us to a hundred episodes, hundred episodes, and uh, we're just excited to do it. So, how you enter uh, on today's show, episode ninety nine, will release today. Um, obviously, if you're listening to me, and you're going to hop on social, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or Go Wild. We're going to have a post that is going to have a picture of every single one of the giveaways. 
And to enter, it's pretty simple. We try to make it as simple as we can. Tag two friends, any two people you want in that post, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, or Go Wild once again. Uh, share the post. to If it's on Facebook, just share the post. If it's on Instagram, you would share it to your story, I guess. I think it's called Go Wild. I'm actually not even sure how you share it, but we'll we'll take care of you. And, uh, and I think that's it. Oh, and make sure you're following, um, obviously, us. And then Huntworth, Alps, Midwest Gunworks, and Cuddyback. Uh, Wilbur's, Wilbur Custom Calls, he don't have the old Instagram, and I'm not going to make you worry about that. On Facebook, you can go to Wilbur Custom Calls and, and make sure you like his page and follow him, but you know I'm not going to police that too much. So make sure you're following all those to enter, and you will be entered to win any one of those items. And uh, you know if you win and you're not... I don't know, a gun person, you don't want to use a, a gun certificate, let us know and we'll give it to somebody who can. Uh, you know, only only take the item if you feel like you're going to use it. So anyway, um, without further ado, let's get into today's show. Okay, with us today, friend Cameron Tinker with Midwest Gunworks. Cam, what's going on? Oh, uh, you know, just hanging. Do you go by Cam ever? Yeah. Cause I, I hope so, because he's called you I've like 20 that. times. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been meaning to ask, do you mind if I call you Cam? Can I call yeah. you Cam? Yeah. 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 I've definitely just decided I'm calling you that. So. <laughs> I didn't know if you guys had talked before, and like you said, hey, this got is a Cam. Little, got a little cute name for yeah. me. <laughs> Cam's my bestie. He yeah. would. Uh, based on how much time we spent with him today, That's right. he's all of our besties at this point. No Absolutely. Uh, we'll probably have talked about it in the intro, but we are down in... St. Louis area down in Peevely. Uh We came down for the day to um, pick up some toys that we procured. Yep. And uh, and do some podcasting. Try it. So we're sitting in your uh, cool conference room with some awesome pictures, and we're uh, going to talk about building an AR. Yep. Because another thing Andy and I did, please for the love of God, don't let our wives be listening at this. Point. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, Those very cheap and expensive things. Very, very See, cheap and expensive yeah. things. Another thing Andy and I did is we both decided that we're going to build a six arc AR. Fifteen. There you go. Yes, sir. They're in AR fifteen platform. Yeah, AR fifteen platform. We both built one today. Yep. Most of it. We got some stuff we had to order. Yep. And uh, we thought that'd be a great idea for a show is building an AR. Yep. Um, for the normal person, right? A lot of gun people out there that might listen today to today's show. Are like what in the hell? It's easy, but there's also a lot of people out there, like pretty much the three of us sitting in here, minus you. Yep. That have no freaking clue what it takes to build one. Yeah, yeah. it's intimidating. Yeah, it can I've be always, intimidating. Yeah, I mean, I've always bought mine just, you know, turnkey. I guess you call it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ready to go. So. Yeah, and that's that's a you know an easy way to get into the air market is to just buy yep. something because you know there's so many reputable companies out there that you know make ARs and all different forms you know whether it be an ar pistol or whether it be you know 308 or mm-hmm. whatever it may be i think building is a great way to not only get exactly what you want but really get familiar with yeah your firearm because one thing Absolutely. that we like to talk about here um is not only just you know buying a gun whether it be a concealed carry gun or an ar or whatever it may be but being familiar with it yeah so you know, obviously, if it's a concealed carry gun, you're depending your life on it. So mm-hmm. why would you not want to know every single aspect about it, how to take it apart, how it works, yep. everything? And same with an AR. You know, whether you're hunting with it or if it's a home defense gun, if you know exactly how that rifle works, 
how it functions, how you can fix it, you know, if something yeah. goes wrong. The good thing about an AR is you can find parts everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter what part you need. You're probably going to be able to find it because everything's pretty standard. Yeah. So if something breaks, you're not depending on, you know, someone else or a gunsmith or something like that to fix it. You know, being able to do it yourself, I think, is awesome because it, it's fun i mean let's be honest it's a it's a no, man's lego it's, so. it's fun no, and there. we'll get into the customization here in a, in, during the show because it actually happened you know me building my six arc today i thought about going with a stock one for a few minutes mm -hmm. and then all these things i start i started thinking i would change exactly but before we go too down too far down into the rabbit hole um why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, I was yes. going to say, we never actually, I mean, we just jumped straight in. We didn't tell, even. Uh, tell the listener, you know, kind of a little bit about yourself and um, a little bit about what Midwest Gunworks is. Yeah, so I'm Cameron Tinker. Um, I do our marketing here at Midwest Gunworks. I actually started as a gunsmith here. Um, so I've been here about five years. So for two or three years, I did our gunsmithing. Um, we've got usually about five or six gunsmiths at a single time. Uh, but now I do our marketing and social media and advertising and all that stuff. So, you know, Midwest Gunworks is, I would say, a lot different than most gun stores. You know, we're not, we do have, you know, a front entrance. We do have, you know, right. a small retail area, but mostly we're e-commerce. So if you go on our website, you're going to see that it's very optimized for... MidwestGunWorks.com. MidwestGunWorks.com, that's right. So it's very optimized for parts. Mm -hmm. um, that's our bread and butter. So whether you have, you know, a Browning Satori over under or you have an AR or a Glock 19 or a, a SIG P365, it doesn't matter. We have parts for it, whether it right. be OEM or aftermarket. So if you go on our website and you go to the gun parts, you can click on your make, your model, and most of them will bring up a schematic. So mm -hmm. at that point, you can see everything exploded. And that's where I think our business really differs from others. So you can see exactly where the extractor is or the extractor spring or, you know, the main spring. And you can see, okay, that's that part. I didn't know what it was called, but that's what I need. Yep. So then you can click on that on our website. It'll bring up OEM and aftermarket options. And then, Holy you know, shit. check out from there. That's a huge benefit. The little I... number does does have a hyperlink. Uh, yep. So, yeah. so you'll see red numbers on mm -hmm. the schematic. Click on that number and it'll bring those parts up whether it be oem or aftermarket or whatever we may yeah. have i agree i think that's what does set your website and your company apart is if you have no like no idea where you needed to start you could jump on there and be like okay i'm gonna have to have all these parts now some a lot of them come in parts kits obviously yep but you know i'm we just went through our builds earlier and clicking on those things and that diagram takes you back because i've it's been probably five six years i built one before but that knowledge, you know, like you said, unless you're doing it and yep. it kind of leaves you. So it's like, oh, yeah, that's in there and that's that. Yep. But that, that diagram on there is, is huge. And not only for me, like if I went to shotguns, I know nothing about shotguns. You guys have that as well, I believe. I mean, yep. when you go into that. and Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So shotguns is another big part of our business. Um, we do warranty here. We have, you know, gunsmiths. So we do warranty for um, Beretta. And then we also do a lot with Browning, Benelli, although that's a that's a large aspect of our inventory. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's nice because prior to working here, I actually shopped here as a gunsmith at, a, at another <laughs> shop. So, you know, a lot of our clients are gunsmiths also because we just have yeah. so many parts from an AR to a SIG to a Glock to an HK to an FN. We have a lot of parts that a lot of places don't have. Makes sense. And it's not just, you know, AR parts. I mean, they sell firearms. Uh, I mean, we purchased three firearms that weren't ARs from you guys. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, ammo, which I'm sure you're just like everybody else as soon yep. as you get in it, it's exactly. gone. Yep. Yep, uh, firearms, ammo, suppressors, yeah. uh, tools, 
clothing, you know, all that good right. stuff. So pretty much anything, you know, we like to be the one-stop shop. So, Absolutely are. I mean, we're adding brands weekly, you know, new yep. brands that we're picking up in different aspects, whether it be, you know, concealed carry based brands or long range is a new yeah. thing that we're really getting into. Um, so we're picking up long range companies left and right, trying to get good inventory. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the topic we're going to kind of stay on today is AR 15 builds, what goes into it. Yep. Um, you know, we're not staying on topic. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I said we're going to try <laughs> to stay on oh, topic. Okay. And, uh, we're also going to get into suppressors, yep. which is, you know, Andy and I are planning on planning on suppressing ours. Yep. And you know what changes about a normal AR and one that might be suppressed, and then just suppressors themselves. Yeah. Um, we actually got to talking right before we decided to record this show, and started talking about suppressors and like the stigmas behind them. Some people think they're still illegal, all this yeah. shit. Yeah. And uh, we're like, well, why don't we just talk about it? Yeah. While, yep. while we're in the show, so that's kind of be like keep the conversation know, going. Right. One, yeah. you know. One and one A is yep. what we're going to talk about today. Yep. Is they're getting they're getting two podcasts in one. It's a bonus. Boom. Yep. Yeah. So okay, I don't know how we're going to start this with an AR-15 build, but he kind of touched on it. In my opinion is, is a, I'm going to hijack for a second, but like the benefits of building versus buying, and you really, you really kind of already said that. I was getting to know the rifle. Yep. Getting what you want out of the rifle. Yep. Um, and, and just that, I mean. Yeah, you probably want to start with what's your application for. Yeah. If you want to go 100%. hunt, if you want to go hunting, or if you want more plinking, or you know, home defense. Home defense. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. So I think another benefit too is, you know, okay, building is going to cost me this much, but if I just buy it, it's a little bit cheaper. Okay, let's be honest. You're going to upgrade your trigger. You're going to upgrade your stock. You're yep. going to upgrade all this Check. stuff. <laughs> and you're going to have all these, and everybody's got them. You're going to have all these spare parts that do nothing for you. So being able to build it, not only what we yep. talked about earlier with, you know, familiarizing yourself with it, but you get exactly what you want right off the bat. Yeah. And the good thing about an AR is they're very versatile. So if you, let's just say, for example, you are going to use it for coyote hunting, um, home defense, and just plinking. You, mm -hmm. really, you only want to build one gun. You've been saving up. You want to spend your money on one. A 16-inch 5.56 is going to be able to accomplish all of that. You know, you're, you can still coyote hunt with 5.56, 2.23, especially, you know, a 16-inch. That's what I've been using. Exactly. Yeah. You can use it for home defense. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you can use it just going to the range. So that's the good thing about an AR. You can, you can start, you know, a, a young kid shooting one because there's no recoil. They're not that loud. They function well. You know, and then – it's just such a versatile platform that it makes it very easy to yeah. build and then also grow from. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because my AR, my initial AR I built evolved, by the way, shout out to my buddy, uh, Danny. I'm not gonna say his last name, but, uh, he helped me build that first AR, uh, used to have his dealer's license and, and we built that together and I know he's probably going to be listening to this show. So, Hey Danny, what's up, man? Um, it evolved from a, it was a home defense gun. Yep. I put a red dot on it. It was, you know, had handle right here, you know, all those things. I And then it evolved into a coyote gun, Yep. you know, four years later. Yep. And it functioned just fine. Now, mm -hmm. of course, optics changed. Yep. Things like that came off the gun. Came, yep. But you can you can do that with with an AR. Exactly. Yeah. That's where it comes to man's Lego. You're always going to be playing oh, with yeah. it. Yeah. And, and especially if you know how to, if you build it and you know how to change things. You're always going to change. You're always <laughs> going to want to be changed. Well, you know, I like that pistol grip, or I like that handguard. You know, you're going to be changing mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So, okay, let's let's just kind of st start with 
the the nuts and bolts, not all of them, because I'm counting about uh, ninety. There's ninety. There's a okay, yeah. A lot of those well, summarizing parts. We're not going to talk about every little tiny part. Yeah. But when you're building, if you want to build an AR, there's a lot of positives to building over just purchasing stock, which yep. is cool too. Yeah, hundred percent. But like you just said, I was really close to purchasing one of the ARs you had out here mm-hmm. this today when we were building our six arc. And then I said, well, this trigger, I'll probably change that out. And uh, I'll probably get rid of this stock. And I really would rather have a, you know, 14 inch handguard. And then you're like, okay, well, dude, you're, you're just going to spend, you know, all that money's going to come out. And of course it was a two, two, three AR. I'm building a six arc. So I got to change the barrel out already. Yeah. So the way that I like to describe it is, okay, you're, you're getting into an AR. Um, If I hand you this, AR that's already built, has a stock trigger, has a regular stock on it, you know, it's just plain Jane. Are you going to be happy with it? Well, yeah, I'm not really that into it. I just want an AR. Awesome. Great. Then just buy an AR. But if you're someone that already has firearms or you already have an AR Mm -hmm. or you know that you're going to have more, then building one can help. Um, You know, when you're first starting out, it's like Micah said, what are you going to use it for? So, okay, what's my purpose? So then you can determine how you're going to build from there. Um, The two major things that you need to figure out when building an AR is what caliber. So obviously a standard AR is 223 or 5.56. And then barrel length. Barrel length is going to determine everything else from there. So the way that an AR works, if you don't know, is it's a gas system. So let's say you have a 16-inch barrel, which is very standard on ARs. Mm -hmm. It's either going to be a carbine or a mid-length gas system. Okay. So depending on what gas system you have, that's going to determine your buffer system. Mm-hmm. So then you move to the buffer system on an AR, which is in the stock. So if you if you see how an AR works, you fire around, the round goes down the barrel. Gases go up the gas block, down the gas tube, working the bolt carrier group rearwards, and then the cartridge, you know, your casing comes back, flips out when your bolt carrier group comes back it's depressing your buffer system which is in the stock then bolt closes feeding your next round and then you're ready to roll for the next round so the buffer system is determined on what your gas is so if you have a how much gas is really coming back and force yeah and and what the what the weight of the spring and the weight of your buffer is because you've got a buffer and a buffer spring inside of your you know buffer tube which is your stock so is your buffer like that plunger on the end of the spring or is that something different so you've got your uh plunger that holds everything in that's in your lower and then you've got the buffer itself so the buffer is the weight so that's the okay i'm calling the okay i'm calling buffer a plunger but that plunger is like also right yeah yep so that's that holds in your buffer and your buffer spring so if you have a carbine length gas system, then you're going to have a carbine buffer and buffer spring. So you're matching. Gotcha. So determining your barrel length is the first thing you want to do. If you're going to, you know. You go buy a carbine stock and a 24-inch barrel, those things might Correct. not so, yep. agree with each other. Exactly. Yeah. So if, you've, if you're if you building a coyote gun, for example, and you're going with a you know, longer barrel, 20, 22, 24-inch, it's almost always going to be a rifle length. Mm-hmm. So then if you have a rifle length, you want a rifle length buffer, buffer tube spring, and buffer tube. So you're right. matching those things. Makes sense. Um, and that, that's what makes the AR function pretty much. Yeah. Um, so determining your caliber first, and then the barrel length is yeah. going to start you on your journey of 
building or buying, you know, um, you can buy obviously an AR and a pistol. You can go all the way right. down for five, five, six. You generally only want to go to about 10 and a half inches is the shortest you want to go on a, on a barrel. Anything below that, you know, they don't really stabilize. You're not getting a lot of velocity. Gotcha. Um, but from 10 and a half inch, you can do a 10 and a half inch air pistol, 11 and a half inch, 12 and a half inch, you know, um, and then you get into rifles with 16 inch, 18, 20, 22, and, and they're on and they're four. So figuring out what you're going to use it for mm-hmm. and then determining from there is, yeah. is where you want to start. And then since we're on the, the barrels, why don't we talk about some of the options with a barrel that a lot of people, like when I was building my first one, Oh, this this is a 16 inch chrome lined or what? Uh, what the hell does that mean to me? You know, like I, you know, a normal person, yep. average Joe that has no idea what the hell they're reading. Yep. What do some of those things mean? Um, and based on what your application is, right? I mean, that's going to be different for everybody. Yep. But uh, just kind of talk about you know the differences in some of the barrels, and um, we'll just kind of you know move from there. Yeah. So barrel material. Um, it's so, it's so controversial because some guys are like, oh, I only run chrome line barrels. And another guy's like, oh, chrome lining does nothing. It, if you're not going to shoot 10,000 plus rounds, the chrome lining probably doesn't make much of a difference, but it is going to help in your barrel life. Gotcha. Um, also, most barrels are going to be, the finish on them is usually going to be like a phosphate finish or a nitride finish. Yeah. That's just the way that they're finished. Both of them are going to work well for you. You know, um, nitriding is a little bit more slick, so you'll see like a glossy finish that's usually nitriding, and then phosphate is more common, um, and that's kind of like a flat bluing almost. Um, So, yeah, with barrels and and length, it's just determining what you're going to use it for. And then, man, you know, I kind of want to use this for home defense on top of shooting coyotes. I don't want a 22-inch barrel on the end of this thing. You know, if I ever have to, you know, hopefully not, but ever clear my house, yeah. I'm bumping into walls and doing all kinds of stuff with this thing and big old scope on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember when I built my AR, it's just kind of funny looking back at it because I remember Dan even messing with me on it. I, uh, my muzzle brake, I picked one that had pointy ends because I'm like, well, shit hits the fan i can stab the dude with it you know and he, he just was like what <laughs> it's just kind of funny because it's still on that gun now but um yeah i mean you got obviously the the most normal length of 16 inches yep. i would I say for the an ar you know rifle yep. right. right and what you're gaining and losing whenever you go to a longer barrel if you don't know you're i mean it's velocity right so your, Correct. Your, your speed so Correct. obviously the longer the barrel is the which more- surprised me and andy today really yeah, when, I mean, when you but talk it's not, about, you know, it's not a huge it, loss from no. even 16 to 20 inches. Andy and I were both going to go with a 20-inch barrel mm-hmm. uh, today, and uh, y'all didn't have any or whatever. We would have had to order it, and yep. we're like, well, we have some 16s right here in stock. Yep. And um, he did the math for us on what we're actually like losing. 100 feet per second yeah. loss. Yeah, so 223, you know, you'll see a little bit more of a loss. Um, I mean, 16, you're getting a 16 inch barrel. You're probably pushing like 3,100 feet per second with a 55 grain out of a 223. So you're doing fine. You know, getting a longer barrel, you're probably going to add a little bit, but not a ton. Now with you guys building, you know, six arcs, it's, it's honestly surprising with how little velocity you lose. And I think that's where that cartridge really stands out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with a, with a 20 inch, um, I believe it was, and again, each round is going to be a little bit different, you know, different, um, uh, different, you know, manufacturers of ammo and whatnot, but like a 108 grain, you're going to see a 20 inch run probably about 2,600 feet per second generally. Mm-hmm. 
And then with a 16, you're only going to see maybe 2,500, maybe high 2,480. Right. You know, you're only losing about 100 feet per second, and you're four inches shorter. Yeah, so you're gaining mobility. Correct. That. Yeah. yeah, and if you're going to slap a suppressor on it yeah. like you guys are, you're adding another six, seven inches to the yeah. end. If you got a 20-inch barrel, you got a 27-inch yeah. barrel virtually on the end huge. of your gun. <laughs> I mean, toting that thing around, it just seems like it would be a pain in the butt. Exactly. So that's why six arc. <laughs> that's what she said. Sorry. <laughs> I, <had to. laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> so six arc, that's why I think it became so popular so quick and, and is actually gaining traction. You know, calibers mm-hmm. come and go. Right. Um, with, oh, this is the new hot thing, and then they're gone. You know, with, with ARC, I think it's here to stick around because, you know, with a 16-inch a or even smaller, I've seen some guys run AR pistols with 12.5-inch, 14.5-inch ARC barrels, and they're getting, really? they're getting like 23, 2,200 feet per second on a 108-grain bullet. I mean, that's right. – and you're so the – now that we're talking about, you know, the arc, mm-hmm. the the benefit of arc not only is that with velocity, but it's that you use a small frame for when building yeah. on an AR. So, usually with your 6mm Creedmoor or your 6.5 Creedmoor, you're using an AR-10 platform. So, you're using the large frame. Mm-hmm. With the 6 Arc, you're using the AR-15 platform. So, the only thing different between a standard 223 AR is the barrel, the bolt head, and then the magazine. Right. So if you have, let's just say you have a five five six. I was going to say you talk about man's Legos. If somebody wanted to get into a six arc, I think you're getting ready to touch on exactly yeah, what you need to do. Very easy. So say you have a spare AR, you know that you don't use much anymore, and you're interested. So the only thing that you need to change to get to arc is the barrel itself. So you'd get a six millimeter ARC barrel. You would get a six five Grendel slash six millimeter ARC bolt head. You can even use the same carrier. And then a six five Grendel six millimeter ARC magazine. So, so I have a six five Grendel actually. So the only thing I would need to change would be the barrel. Then correct. Oh really? Hmm. <laughs> yep. So hey, six, <laughs> hey, we haven't left yet, my yeah. <laughs> So six ARC is. I'd go down a rabbit hole trying to talk about how it's different and everything like that, but it's pretty similar to six five Grendel pretty much. Yeah. So so you use the six five Grendel bolt, use the six five Grendel magazine, and then you have a six ARC, obviously, you know the barrel. barrel. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Makes me more excited. Absolutely. <laughs> we have options. So many options. Yeah. There that's a man, it's Try working here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would be broke working yeah, here. That's oh, the problem. Man. They would never have to hand me a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. be like, uh, what do you? What is your credit for this? Have, week? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. use it. I'd all. have to pay them. You for actually working have to here. pay us for working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That would be the problem. That's why I never worked like any places when I was growing up that I would have enjoyed. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just gonna spend all my money. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so we moved from the barrel and stuff. We're probably gonna get into the lower. I'm assuming. What parts do you don't need to skimp on as far as price goes? Yeah, so that's an awesome question. That's the first question. Super proud of you, Micah. That is the first question you should be asking, to be completely honest, is, okay, I have a budget. And honestly, you can build an AR for, you know, six, seven, eight hundred dollars $800, and it's probably going to work just fine. But I would say save up just a month or two more, and if it's especially if it's only going to be your your one, like if Mm -hmm. you're building one gun, save up a little bit more. Um, and look for quality companies that that may cost you a little bit. Because so, this is going to be the difference between my first builds, kind of when I first kind of got on my own, had mm-hmm. a little pocket change. I built the cheapest AR I could. Yeah. So yeah. I'm interested to see kind of this one I did different. You know what we yep. did today. Um, but what's your yeah? Yeah. So if someone asks, okay, where should I not skimp out, or what's the most important parts? 
I instantly say it is the barrel and the bolt. Now, if you go from there, then it's going to be the barrel, the bolt, the handguard, and the upper. So the upper is virtually the most important because huh. that's what's not only housing your cartridge, mm-hmm. or your, you know, your bullet, but it's what's making it accurate. So honestly, lowers, they're all pretty similar, you know, especially a stripped lower. Um, trigger. You know, if if you're a trigger snob or you want a good trigger, obviously you want to spend the money there. Yeah, so yeah um, I, I figured the trigger would have been somewhere in there, yeah. but yeah, because the trigger doesn't really. Af- I mean, does it's affect your accuracy preference. because you can. It makes you more accurate if you mm-hmm. have a nice trigger, but it doesn't, doesn't make actually, the gun actually more accurate. Correct, one hundred percent. Yes, it makes so, you better. Yes, right, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So if you have a, a quality gun um, and you can't spend the coin on a new trigger, that's fine. You know shoot that gun, get used to it, you know, with that OEM trigger, because you're going to become better if you've got a crappy trigger. Mm-hmm. So, and then later on, okay, now it's time. I'm pretty good with my gun. Let's upgrade the trigger. But And then you're like, oh, shit, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and then you're going to appreciate it way more. Dude, and shout out to my brother-in-law, Russell, once again. I had a, a mil-spec trigger on this last one, and he's like, this thing sucks. <laughs> and he had an extra Timney yep. sitting around that he wasn't going to use or whatever. I don't remember what. And he's like, let's put this in your gun. Russell, took, have extra gun parts? Took 30 seconds, put the new trigger in my gun. Yep. We went out and started shooting, and I'm like, holy shit. Yep. So this that's, is That's different. the one upgrade that you're going to actually notice. Yeah. Now, that's what everybody wants to mm-hmm. upgrade first because you do notice it. Um, but when you're building, like I said, the barrel and the bolt are probably first two, and then the handguard and the upper because that makes everything not only tight, it makes it more accurate. Um, if you have, you know, a less expensive barrel that doesn't go through QC very well, mm-hmm. um, quality control very well, then it may not be as accurate. Okay. Um, same thing with a bolt. You know, it's companies out there are making the same product virtually, mm-hmm. but the difference is how much they pay attention to their quality control. Detail. So if they're pulling a lot more barrels or, you know, bolt carrier groups off the line, then they're catching a lot more of the problems. I mean, they can't look at every single one, check every, unless you're buying a complete custom rifle, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not able to check every single one, but a company that does put more of an emphasis on QC, that's where you're going to see. You guys went with, I think the best companies in that price range that you can, you know, if you're in that medium range, of course, there's super high end rifles out there, you know, Knights Armament and all these companies that are like $4,000 ARs, obviously they're going to be more nice, but who, you know. In case my wife is listening, I did hey, not build one. You, you know what's funny? You know what's oh, funny those. is just, just I'm on the website as we're talking, looking at the barrels and the two barrels that you and I bought for our six arc are now sold out, <laughs> which means you and I might have bought the last two. Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be on order. Don't worry. Yeah, that's right. They're coming. They're yep. coming. We went so, with a, what, a Ballistic Advantage Premium. Yep. So that's a premium yeah. series, so they've got better quality control on those. Um, Ballistic Advantage and Aero Precision are sister companies. So you guys got a lot of Aero Precision parts too. Mm-hmm. So we carry and recommend Aero and Ballistic because for the price point, you really can't get much better. Um, you're in the price point where it's affordable, but they, they just they work. Right. So yeah. that's where if you're not looking to spend a ton of money, Finding those companies. There's a lot more out there. The CMMG, you know, mm-hmm. Black Rain. Um, I think I went my upper and lower Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat yep. makes great stuff. You know, some of their stuff can get pretty high end. Um, but 
I think finding a quality barrel, bolt, handguard, and then upper, you're ready to rock and roll from there. Let's go into handguards. You know what? I mean, what does somebody want to? Because you look at a lot of stuff. Barrels all look the same, right? When you're looking yep. through them, right? Okay, yep. this this one's silver. This one's black. I yep. know they're not actually silver. I'm yep. Just being kind of like that ignorant dude walking through your website, but they all look the same. Yeah. You go into your, you know, gun parts, AR parts again, and you go into your handguards. Yep. And there's so many variations. There's links. There's, yep. uh, you know, M-Lock, which is everything pretty much M-Lock now. Yeah. I mean, most, the three that you're going to see are key mod, which you don't see as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Quad rails, which you don't yeah. see as much anymore, which I'm a quad rail fan. I mean, that's old school and they're yeah. solid. And then you've got M-Lock, which is the most common. Okay. Um, so it's easy to find parts and everything for Gotcha. Um, yeah. But but handguards is something that I really enjoy because you can actually like pick it based on looks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, let's be honest. You're you're not just buying the AR because no, they you look cool. Shoot it. They look cool, man. So yeah. you, so I being mean, able to pick your handguard um, based not only on the company and the quality and how it attaches, but the looks, I think is that's a fun part. Yeah. So we carry a lot of uh, Midwest Industries is mm-hmm. a big one that we carry. That's why I'm with. We're not Midwest Industries. We're Midwest Gun Works. <laughs> you don't you get would, that ever, do you? Oh, my gosh. You would not believe. We'll be at SHOT Show, and they'll be hey, man, I love your handguard. Do you like, just say thank you after I, that? Sometimes I do. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. If, if I know that they're just giving them, like, oh, hey, thanks, appreciate it. But if it's a conversation, I'm like, oh, you know, we carry Midwest Industries, right. but actually we're Midwest Gun Works. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> embarrassing. And I'm like, yeah. It's the, we literally got it five minutes ago. So yeah. Speaking of five minutes ago, I also bought the bla- last Black Rain Ordnance handguard you have. Apparently, <laughs> he has it's wiping us out today, dude. Right. Yeah, hey, we, we did Unless damage. the wives asked, and then they didn't get much of anything. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we didn't pick up much. Yeah. Shout out to Black Rain, by the way. I almost—that's the one I almost bought. Stock. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's pretty uh, sick. Looking. Missouri company. Missouri-based company out of yep. Neosho, I think. Yep. And uh, they used to actually build a. Here's a rabbit hole. Sorry, going down a rabbit hole. They used to actually build a twenty-two two fifty AR. Yeah, that I looked at for years, but it was always, I mean, it was expensive. Yeah, so I never bought one, and and uh, they must not make it anymore because I don't, I never see it on their website. But that's a hard one to build. Yeah, from what I've kind of been. Yeah, told, but yeah, the handguards. I mean, a lot of it's just. I think that's more preference than anything. Yeah, you're, yep. you're just gonna have to figure out what you want. Yep. You know, as far as that goes. I mean, as far as the length and everything, that doesn't really matter. No, not really. I mean, if you have a 16-inch barrel, I mean, you could run a 7-inch handguard from, you know, it's going to look weird, but you could. Um, So then you just determine what looks the best Mm -hmm. or even functionality of a handguard can be like, okay, I'm going to put a bipod on this and I want to put it out as far as I can. So if you've got a 16-inch barrel, you can get a 15-inch handguard. You can put that bipod almost all all the way way to the end. Yeah. Yeah. So then you're, you know, more stable Mm -hmm. or, you know, okay, I've got a 16-inch barrel. I only want a 13-inch and they have different lengths because, you know, there's different barrel lengths. If you have an AR pistol, um, you know, that's a 12 and a half inch barrel, you get a 10-inch handguard. Right. Yep. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's why they look daunting maybe for the average person is because they all look different yeah. depending on the the company. Yeah. Knowing what size, knowing what it is. But they really don't mean yeah. anything, right? Like yeah. you look at M-Lock, the different options. That's pretty much you know, it. Quad yeah, rail M-Lock or um, is, what the, the other one. And, yeah, I, and I would assume Kimon. probably, Kimon. Went, I would assume that, you know, the probably more high end or, you know, price wise, 
the more ex- not necessarily more expensive, but it's probably just going to fit a little better, yeah. right? It's going to yep. be a little more tighter. Yep. Everything's going to line out a little yep. better than some yep. of the maybe cheaper ones. Exactly. Yeah, so, so not to like really dive in, dive in, but how a handguard goes on is you've got a barrel um, nut that goes on your upper mm-hmm. that holds your barrel onto your upper. So then your handguard attaches to that. So each company has got their own barrel nut and their own attachment of their handguard. Um, so some attachments may be a little bit more solid than others, um, some may be easier than others. It's just, again, it it is intimidating. I get it. Like, if you've so never is, built an AR, it can be intimidating. Yeah. So is your barrel nut, does it come with your... Handguard. Handguard, right. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. not your barrel. It comes with your handguard yep. and goes on that Yep, way. so you don't have to yeah. worry about that. So when you order a handguard, I would say 100% of the time, I don't think I've ever seen a handguard that doesn't come doesn't with come a barrel nut. It'll come with that barrel nut. Unless you're buying it from your buddy or something that you right. know, is, yeah, exactly. is dropping off. But. And once again, what are you going to use it for? I, right. When I built my first AR... It was a home defense gun once again, so I bought a Troy Industries handguard that had the quick flip up front sights mm-hmm. and the quick flip up on the lo- the upper uh, back si- rear sight. Yep. So that if my uh, red dot went out, mm-hmm. I could use those open sights through the glass. Yep. Yeah. That was the exactly. idea. Yep. Well, now it's a hunting gun, so yeah. that, that <laughs> sight literally sits underneath my scope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just kind of funny how things change, but th- there's options on those. I'm assuming you know that's still an option for some handguards is like the flip up front sights that yep. look like you guys carry Troy if they're still in business or anything. I don't even know if they. I do I don't stuff, believe we do. We have Magpul flip up sights, which mm-hmm. are really inexpensive and they work really well. So if it is a home defense gun or you know you just want backup iron sights, I think that's a great option. You can probably mm-hmm. get you know the regular polymer Magpul sights, the set for hundred bucks. Yeah, I yeah. guess. So yeah, I I was uh looking back, it's funny. I spent a lot of money on that because that handguard. The sight was integrated into the guard. Oh, yeah. So you hit a button, boop, there it came up. And I'm just uh-huh. like, I thought it was, I was shitting and talk hot when I did that. <laughs> never, never use it. So but. I want to back up a little bit. We talked about like quality of barrels. Yeah. you talking quality of bolt. Is that kind of based on the same thing of quality control or there are certain quality things to look for in a bolt? Yeah. Um, Good question. So you could dive in again, like anything. You could right. dive in to see the materials that they're using the way that they're producing it. Um, I guess in generalities, like, is there one material that it has its benefits over the others? I mean, we don't have to get like real deep into it. I would say no. I'd say most of them are the same material. Um, but the difference is the quality control. So on okay. a, on a bolt, for example, on the bolt carrier group, the, where the gas comes back and pushes the bolt carrier back. So that's called the gas key. Mm-hmm. So that's where your gas tube goes into right so the gas key is attached on the top of the bolt and you can imagine how much force that gas key is getting from Mm -hmm. that gas coming back so the screws that are holding your gas key under your bolt they not only have to be super tight but they have to be staked so if you look at a bolt from the top you've got your gas key and you've got you've got your two screws that are holding the gas key onto the Mm -hmm. onto the bolt carrier group you'll see that they're staked so a really good company has it staked so much that you are probably never going to get that gas key off. Not that you would ever need to, right. but you look at it and you say, there's no way I can get that thing off because so much metal is, you know. Okay, so staking, um, if you don't know, it pushes metal from something over a screw or okay. metal from the screw onto something else. So think of it as a screw in a hole 
and whatever that screw is in, you're pushing metal from that over it. That makes sense. So that therefore it is not unscrewing. It's got it has a piece of metal that is keeping it from unscrewing mm-hmm. rather almost, than it's, it's almost like tight. it's welded kind of similar. Pretty much. Yeah. So a good company is gonna have really hard staking tools. Okay. Um there's stakes from a staking tool. One video that um, we're going to be doing here soon for our YouTube is what to check out on a new AR-15. Because oh, okay. even if you buy an AR, there's things you want to look <clears throat> at. Um, and one of the most important being looking at the staking on your bolt carrier group no. on, on the gas key. Because, like I said, <coughs> you got all that gas coming back from the gas tube, putting pressure, and then pushing your bolt to the rear. That's a that's the most pressurized part probably on your gun so you want to make sure that it's staked correctly yeah yeah and you know as far as like the finishes the you know nickel boron or black nitride or whatever that's just the color basically more than anything pretty much there are different processes um you know nickel boron you've got uh, black nitride and you've got phosphate bolts you've got all these different like coatings Mm -hmm. um None of them are bad. I mean, I can't think of a single one you that I'd say stay away from that. Do some you have to clean more often than others or something? Yeah, right. so nickel boron is really slick. Same with like a black nitride. They're really slick, so you don't have to clean them as much. They're not porous. Right. Um, so you don't have to clean them as much. Um, but it pretty much pretty much just comes down to the finish itself. Yeah. I, I went with nickel boron because it was silver in color and sure. the rest of my gun's black. So it was just like a, a little, little highlight right there, right? Yeah. Like that's yep. <laughs> that's that's why I picked yeah. that one. It's virtually the only yeah. difference. I mean, I don't know. It might have had more reasons at at front, but I, you know, I didn't remember. So yeah. truthfully, to the average Joe, I mean, building an AR, it comes down to quality control. Find a company who has good quality control practices for that barrel. Yep. And the and the bolt. Exactly. What about um, what type of special tools? would somebody need to look into if they are going to build is there anything specific that you need to think about because i'm I'm assuming it takes some special wrenches or something like that you can't just you know go pick up a craftsman set and put it together yep yeah exactly so that's a good question because you not only need to think of what you need but what helps yeah you know what you need is going to be probably like a bit set so, you know, different bits and, and a handle so you can, you know, take out Allen screws or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Along with that, next would, or right in front of it, probably be a punch set. Yeah. So if you need to, you know, take your, you know, gas block off of your barrel, then obviously you're going to need a bit set and you may need a punch set to get your gas tube off or whatever it may be. So I would say the, the main things that you're going to need are cleaning supplies. Obviously, mm-hmm. because if, if you have a gun, whether you're going to work on it or not, you're most likely going to need to clean it. Um, so cleaning supplies, number one. Number two is going to be tools in general. So that's going to be um, bit sets, uh, punch sets. So if you have different size punches for different things and a, and a hammer, obviously. Um, a big thing that helps is a, a gunsmith hammer, I guess you'd call it. It's got a little nylon end on it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of companies make them Wheeler, Real Avid, all these companies. It's like a plastic end to the hammer. So if you need to actually hit something on the rifle, it's not going to mar it up and oh, okay. damage it or do anything like that. So that's that's a big help if you're working on your own guns. Um, and then honestly, a vice. Yeah. Um, we noticed it today as we were putting scopes on that a vice makes a huge difference. Being able to be hands free, you know, um, put your barrel into the vice, you know, tighten it down, lock it down, and then be able to work on that gun. Um, without having to hold on to it is, mm-hmm. a, is a huge benefit. So 
whether it's, you know, a, a cheap, you know, craftsman, small vice that you make your own jaws for. Yeah, you, so, don't, you don't want to be claiming some metal on that thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, obviously put put something, something in between there. Yeah, and vice jaws are like my home setup. It's real simple. It's some pieces of wood that I cut into the shape of my jaws. Mm-hmm. And then I took, uh, you know, like the anti-fatigue mats that people stand yeah, on. Yeah. Uh-huh. Take that and you cut that up and you glue that onto your vice jaws. So you have rubber jaws oh, at that point. There you go. So you're not damaging the gun. You can tighten it down, you know, really tight without yeah. having to worry about scratching or anything like that. So those three things, I would say, in that order, cleaning supplies, obviously, to be able to clean your own firearm. And then second would be tools, being bit set and, you know, punches. And then third being a vice to be able to hold on to it. Okay. Shameless plug, guess who sells that stuff? <laughs> MidwestGunWorks.com. They do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we, uh, we talked about, you know, the most important parts, really, in your opinion, mm-hmm. that upper handguard, barrel, um, you know, the stuff that makes the bullet go out and go bang. Yep. You know, makes it do Accurate. what it's going to do. Um, as far as lowers and stocks, I mean, what uh, what are you looking for there? Pistol grips. You know, pistol grips. We can kind of cover all that stuff. Yep. Um, stock, I'll tell you, honestly, is the probably the one area that I've spent the most time on changing shit, <laughs> um, which is funny because it really – doesn't matter that much. It I mean, doesn't. it does, but yeah. you know, it doesn't at the same yeah. time. It's yeah. just funny how that's you spend a lot of time on it. So, yep. uh, kind of talk about the lower. Um, do you okay? Here's a question. So, both Andy and I today, yep. Andy went with Aero Precision upper lower kit, I went with a Wilson Combat upper lower. Do you have any issue with mismatching uppers and lowers as far as going with an Aero upper and a, let's say a Wilson lower? No, and um. What do you look for in a lower as far as uh, what you're kind of, you know, looking for in a, a quality one? Probably QC is going to be the answer, but we'll uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, exactly. So um, QC, obviously, is the first thing that you look at. So the, and let's go all the way back to the beginning of the episode. Before you start anything, you know, do your own research. You know, we've got, man, we've got these computers at our hands that you can quickly – you know, look up certain things. Now, take it with a grain of salt because every single thing in this world is going to have complaints. It doesn't matter if right. it's cars or whether it's guns. doesn't matter. So take what you're seeing with a grain of salt, but you're going to see a trend. You know, if you search a, a certain lower and every single comment is, I had this exact same issue, you know, then you can see, okay, maybe that is an issue. Um, so when searching for a lower, it's it is important what company you go with, but I would say not as much as an upper or barrel or bolt carrier group. So, um, Arrow and Wilson, I would say they're right there in the affordable yet quality um, area. Um, with mismatching, man, it's it unless you buy a matched match set, mm-hmm. um, which you don't really see that much. They're gonna fit almost the same. Yeah. Um, really, it's just to appease people with OCD who could not handle it like me. Yeah, oh, so exactly. Like, like I, I could not handle yeah. my lower being a Wilson and my upper being an Arrow or whatever. <laughs> I'd be oh, like, I thought nope. you wanted to trade here a little bit. <laughs> well, we would trade the entire thing. Oh. You know, not just the upper He's and the lower. He's digging your build. That's what it is. <laughs> I do is. like his yeah. build. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like I, I, it wouldn't work for me. So I'd have to find, you know, if I could only find a, an Arrow upper, yep. then it would be an Arrow lower because yeah. I wouldn't, you know. That's just me. I'm the only messed up person in this room. Everybody else is probably all right. But uh, it doesn't matter what you're saying. You know, the color's probably going to be damn near the same. Black is black. Yep. You know, if you get uh, FDE or 
some other color if you can find that you know aftermarket i'm sure they're going to be close yep uh but they're going to fit pretty much mil spec how they're supposed to exactly and that's the good thing about ars is they're everything's interchangeable exactly so yep Yep, that's that's easily put. Is everything's interchangeable, so having one company to the another, you know, doesn't really matter much as for fitment. And I know we're talking mainly AR15s today, but AR10s same concept, right? Same I mean, thing, yeah. Just bigger. It's a little stuff. Little less standard standardized, I guess you'd say. Gotcha. Um, so that's where it kind of gets weird with 308s. There's um, different patterns. Um, I won't even start to go down that, but. Yes, same 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 type concept. of concept. Yep. Yeah, same concept. So, um, AR-15s are a lot easier because it's pretty much standard across the board. Um, but an AR-10 is very similar. Yeah. Stocks. Once again, it's probably personal preference. There's all kinds of different variations. Yep. Um, you know, is there anything particular you look for that you like? Um, I would say ninety percent of it is personal preference, and then the other ten is matching up um, the stock to the buffer tube. So there's really three different kinds there's um pistol so you if you have a, a pistol an ar-15 pistol you have a pistol brace on there then you need a pistol buffer tube and like we talked about earlier with the gas system but that's separate so and then with a carbine stock is a carbine buffer tube and then a rifle stock is with a rifle buffer tube um so just match those and then whatever one you know fits you the best um it's not only aesthetics of how it looks mm-hmm. but um functionality yeah the functionality of it um what you're looking for if you don't care to have adjustment um if it's not a precision rifle or if it's not a hunting gun you probably don't care if if it has an adjustable comb or an adjustable butt pad or anything like that so you know maybe just a standard magpul um stock will work for you inexpensive 50 bucks you slap it on there you know it's going to work um sometimes they have qd cups on them so if you're going to run a quick detach yeah. sling then you can do a uh, stock that's got a QD cup on it, so you can yeah. attach it there. Um, did we do rifle stocks? I feel like no. mine is. No, yours is a carbine. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I know I got the one that had adjustable cheek pad and all that shit, which... Because you're fancy. Well, it's Russell. Russell rubs off of me. Okay, and it's well, a good thing. I don't want to know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't want to know what you and Russell do. What kind of a hotel is this? <laughs> But I mean, yeah. I, like so, me personally, and Nathan's kind of. I have to have. I don't know what it is, but I feel like every every stock I've ever put on, my my cheek never lines up right with my. You know, I can never get the right height of my scope yep. to where I can get that proper cheek weld. And you it's know, that, it's that North Carolina jawline. Maybe I don't know. It's but, a it's well, a it's a very beneficial. If you watch three gun shooters, they yeah. almost always have adjustable stocks because if you know that when you jam your head into your stock that you're automatically looking down your sight, then you're going to be quicker. You mm-hmm. don't have to find, you don't have to get down yeah. on your gun and find it. You can, you know, automatically bring that gun up, jam your cheek into it, and you're looking directly down it. Yeah. Um, so you can adjust it. And that's why PRS guys do the same thing. They always have adjustable combs because when they get on their gun, they want to be looking directly down the center of that scope. It's like an anchor point when shooting a bow. Exactly. Yeah, I Very mean, similar. And you want that to be the same Every time. I mean, that was the first thing after we threw the scope. And I didn't do an AR. I bought a bolt gun. And so we threw the scope on it. And the first thing I did was it came with adjustable combs. Yep. And I I made it bigger. I mean, now. Did you make it bigger? Yeah, Yeah, I did. First time in his life. (laughs) (laughs) Man, Cameron's a keeper. huh? not what Nate's sister said. God damn it. Shut the hell up. (laughs) Uh, Okay. 
Uh, pistol grips. Personal preference once again, right? Personal preference. Yeah. And ARs, um, it's a good thing. Again, they're standard. Um, figure out which one feels best in your hand. You know what I'm saying? Um, but <laughs> from from there on, it really it really is feel. Um, some of them are going to have more of a rubberized texture to them. Yeah. Some of them may have more of a stippling. Maybe be more aggressive. They're going to have a different <laughs> angle. Just just buy a you know if you've got a regular one, switch out for a a Magpul or whatever it may yeah. be. Try it out and see how it goes. Yeah, I know when like kind of shopping here today, there's something like just straight vertical angles. Yeah, I sweat mean, just, back a little bit. Yep. Yeah, and then yep. some. I mean, you got that. Yeah, I'm a vertical called, like ergo, ergonomics. Er, see, and I I like the vertical. I like it. Yeah, vertical for whatever reason. I kind of like a 45. Half cock. Okay. All right. <laughs> Moving turn to, on. Turn to the left a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> Short shriveled to the left. Uh, okay, I want to go back into triggers just for a few seconds because uh, a few moments because it is like you said it's the thing people notice the most yep um the tr- like the triggers i bought today and i don't andy did you get the same as me we ended up getting the same trigger we got similar you guys similar. both got timneys but different yeah. specs different different, specs. different models i mean they were 170 dollars a piece mm-hmm. you know and there's some triggers that are 260 oh yeah uh, Thir- tr- yeah there's a trigger tech i was actually really thinking about but yep you know what sets apart a two hundred fifty dollar trigger from a mil spec trigger that costs I don't know what do you think thirty bucks thirty bucks right? yeah I mean they both do the job yeah they're both gonna make it go bang but uh, what about triggers can give a person more confidence especially you know they get to shooting maybe they're not doing so great some yep. things aren't going great what can cause those problems with a trigger mm-hmm. and that that shooter it's not the gun mm-hmm. you know it's the shooter yep what can cause those problems and how can a good trigger help kind of fix those some of those issues yep Um, so the first thing that i always say whether it be for a pistol or an ar or whatever it may be let's say you're getting into ars and you're you're wanting to sports shoot you're wanting to be good you're wanting to be able to use it for home defense so you're practicing okay you have a regular trigger like man i'm just not shooting the groupings that i want or it's just kind of a crappy trigger first i would say um, dry fire your gun and and get better because if if you dry fire and get better with that stock OEM trigger, you're becoming better as a shooter first. And then you say, okay, I've shot this trigger for a while. I've gotten better, but now I'm ready. I'm ready mm-hmm. to upgrade my trigger. The, the trigger, like we talked about, is not making the gun more accurate or making the gun better. It's making the shooter more accurate and better. So let's say you go with a a Timney, like what you guys did, which mm-hmm. are great. We, you know, we, we saw a lot of them because they work really well. Um, the difference in an OEM trigger and an aftermarket trigger first is going to be the trigger pull weight. So the actual pressure that it takes for the trigger to fire. Um, so most aftermarket triggers, you know, three pounds, even lower when your OEM trigger can be like seven or eight. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you're cutting it in half right off the bat. So it's not only lighter, but it, it is less gritty, as we like mm-hmm. to call it. So you may feel on your trigger, if you go really slow and you start pulling that trigger and you can feel it, it's like, and then yeah. it, boom, it goes off. That's the grit. That's that's because it's not polished or there's a lot of sear engagement on that trigger. So switching to an aftermarket trigger is going to cut down on that. It's going to make it lighter, and then it's also going to make it feel more crisp, as we like to say. And with that then you're going to jerk the gun less. 
So right. if you're pulling a heavy trigger, you're pulling like this, it may only be, you know, an, an inch that you're pulling the whole gun, but that makes a difference at distance. So one inch at 300 yards is, you know. Yeah, exactly. So if you're trying to shoot at, at further distances, a lighter trigger, that's why you see precision rifle shooters shoot really light triggers. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, if, if you have an AR that's um, for home defense or – um, just a defensive gun, and then you're also coyote hunting. Stick with that three, mm-hmm. three and a half pound range, and you'll be good. You don't, yeah. you don't need anything less than that. You know, if you have a PRS gun, maybe you're running a one pound trigger. Um, but if you're running and gunning with an AR and you've got a one pound trigger, then there could be something that goes wrong there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, triggers, man. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it's, well, and like it, I, I like a two stage. Exactly. I really yeah, like. I here. really like feeling that. I don't know how to explain it, but I'll try. Explain. You know, feeling that that back wall. Yep. Almost like my bow. I like feeling that breakover, and yep. then like knowing you know I'm the next settled. Step is go. Yep. And I know the next step, the next pressure I apply. Yes. It's it goes bang. Yep. So you've got yeah. single stage and you've got two stage. Uh, it's pretty much what the name is. Single right. stage is there's no take up. Um, you're gonna sit. You're gonna see that it it doesn't move when you pull the trigger. It's going off. With a two-stage, you're going to see a little bit of pressure will bring that trigger to the rear, and then you'll hit that wall, as, as some people will call it, and then it's going to go off. Yeah. So, And then, again, it's personal preference. A lot of people do like two-stage because you can prep it. Yeah. And, of course, you got you know straight triggers, curved triggers. Yep. That's just all personal preference. I Which I think is funny because I like both, honestly. You're a straight trigger guy. I'm not I, a straight trigger guy, but the one the Timney Russell had laying around was a straight trigger. I really freaking like it. So the one I ordered today is the exact same trigger. Yeah. Oh, and the other gun today is a straight trigger. Which I didn't think of until, you know, after I bought yeah. the gun. But, you know, I, I mean. That's trigger tech, so you technically have a trigger I tech. I do have a trigger tech, yeah. Uh, like my, my 300. I mean, it's it's a curved trigger, and it doesn't bother me. Huh. Um, you know, but I do like that straight trigger. I don't know why. I mean, it's just because it was on a really nice trigger the first time I used it. Yep. And right. it worked well for me. So I'm like, I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. You know, that's really why but that's a matter of just personal preference yep they don't really look any different from each other you can't tell right that's an ar yeah i mean is there anything else you think you want to cover on those no i mean a lot of people when they ask the first piece of advice i tell them is to it sounds so stupid but it's so true is go watch youtube um you know you have a plethora of different content out there that you can just watch and indulge in to see how they work and how to work on an AR. Um, we have some on our YouTube going over, um, we have two separate videos, how to build an AR lower and how to build an AR upper. It's a step-by-step on the AR lower. Watch part two. Part one isn't that good. I'll be completely honest. <laughs> Dude, part one has like 280,000 views on it or something. And it was like last year and yeah. it, the video kind of sucks. But I so I shot a part two yeah. later on, which is the same video, just in more detailed of a view. And that's the one you want to watch. But gotcha. we have that one and we have how to build an AR upper. So you can actually okay. see from a top down view on how it works. Um, which would go hand in hand with this episode. Right. To be so honest, I mean, finish listening to this episode and then go watch those videos. Exactly. Thanks to our friends at the, you know, the governing body here. We can't, we're not able to put it together here. So we're going to take these home. We got all the parts to do everything. Take them home. We're going to put them in our workshop. Yep. And, and I'm going to pull up their YouTube video. <laughs> Russell's workshop. And Russell's workshop. <laughs> and uh, pull up their YouTube video and just, I mean, yeah, step by step, get yep. after it. Yeah. I mean, it's, again. Okay. Explain that thing. Thanks to our governing bodies. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't go mention no names. <laughs> but, 
again, I know it can be intimidating um, to start going down that road um, because, I mean, for one, it's a firearm. I mean, right. let's be honest, they're dangerous, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. And, you want to put arm, it together. Yeah, I mean, right. we're, not, we're not responsible, yeah. Exactly. And you got the – I mean, you do have little parts. Yeah. You know, especially like if you – Detent springs. You, you could buy the yeah. kit and you'd be fine. But, I mean, you buy every little piece. Yep. There's a lot of small pieces. Exactly. That can confuse you. Yep. But, dude, I'm telling you, honestly – MidwestGunWorks.com backslash AR-15 backslash parts. <laughs> it gives you every little, uh, like he was saying at the beginning of the show, every little part that has then a hyperlink on it and takes, to the list takes you to the list of those parts. Yeah. If all you did was just went in there and you know bought those things, you would be good to go. Yep. Um, and then obviously you have those videos like yours on your YouTube yep. or whatever. Yep. Uh, so, so just familiarize yourself. Like I said, the... I hate to say this, but it is true. Firearms can be dangerous. Can be. Can be. Can be. I think every single person has a God-given right to have and own a firearm. No doubt. But it is your responsibility at that point to familiarize yourself, to not only um, get with a friend or a family member or an actual um, professional trainer and learn how to use it, but Mm -hmm. then learn how to work on it and everything from there. Because it it becomes a hobby, as we all know, but it's fun, you know. You're not only being responsible, you're, you're, you know, taking care of your own personal self-defense and your, and fun and different things like that. So that's what I tell people is dive into it, you know, research Mm -hmm. and then reach out to someone that knows what they're doing and then just go from there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, in the end, it's a weapon, right? Any weapon can can be dangerous, Uh, but I've I've also never watched a gun walk around shooting people. Exactly. So if you're going to exercise your right to have one, you should do your due diligence about it and protect right. the rights. 100%. And, and of be your, smart yeah. about it. Yeah. 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 Unsafe. Don't be a dumbass. Yes. Unsafe people is what puts a bad name and look on responsible gun owners. Absolutely. So that's, that's a problem. Again, I think every single person should be able to own whatever they want, to be completely honest. Absolutely. But at that point, all right, now it's time for me to take that responsibility. I mean, if I want to own a Panzer, I just need to know how to drive it yes. and where I mean appropriately use it. Funny you should talk about a Panzer. It's not a Panzer, but there's an AK-47 that I really want to walk out. Panzer the tank. He's talking I know. About I know. We went from tanks. <laughs> it's just. It's just. I, I've wanted one for so long. I'm not a fan of the AK-47. I don't I'm care. Not, I, I don't. I didn't say I wanted to shoot it all over the place. I just. You just want, want one. Just want to own yeah. it. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Well, um, let's kind of jump into suppressors a little bit. Like, yeah, we're yeah, talking about, about stigmas. Yeah. yeah. A- Andy's got one. Nathan's got one on the way. I'm going to be having one on the way before too long. Congratulations. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> it's like uh, a baby. We're supposed to like, <laughs> we should, we're expecting. We should have freaking suppressor parties. Like, <laughs> yeah. like ladies have their uh, diaper parties with the babies. You have your gender reveal. You have your suppressor reveal we party. We should have our suppressor reveal <laughs> party. I mean, I mean, before the new ATF deal, we it could took do like, like the nine pictures. months anyway. We so could like do the joke. pictures of all the guys like looking at it, like smiling. Uh, That'd be pretty good, you know. But we we were talking before, uh, and we weren't well, going to talk about suppressors today. But then we kind of talked about just all the stigmas, yeah. like Micah just brought up, and all that shit. And um, let, let's just talk about suppressors. Um, how do we want to get into this one? Hold up your paperwork. So, so yeah. yeah. So <laughs> first thing you can, if you're in a state that is able, can own a suppressor. Missouri, Missouri, being a free state, somewhat. Um, <laughs> you know. Everyone, I'm not saying everyone, but a lot of people think, oh, suppressors, right. you can own those, which I get it. I was at that point one time too. Um, so there are states, um, and I don't know of all of them for, 
for sure I do know Illinois because they're right next door. Right. You can't own a suppressor. But Sorry, Illinois friends. Yeah, move. Never mind. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, move to California. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you ain't gonna get one there either. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> so suppressors are a lot more um, intimidating than what they really are, and they have the stigma, like Andy said. Um, they have the stigma because when you watch a Hollywood movie. This guy has a you know a suppressed handgun. He yeah, doesn't make yeah. I build, wish they were that quiet. But they're not below seven. Yeah, they're yeah. not that they're not that quiet. So I equate a suppressor to hearing protection. Yeah. So if you put on hearing protection, it'll say your NRR rating. So twenty six, thirty two is probably the most you're going to get. It means it's it's reducing the noise by thirty two decibels. A suppressor is mm-hmm. almost the exact same. It's it's reducing 32 decibels most of the time. So when someone um, is caught up in the suppressor, I just don't think people should own suppressors or I can't believe that people say, I mean, I agree. I don't think people should be able to wear ear protection when they go shooting. (laughs) And they'll look at you like you have three heads. And it's, so let me, and I don't, I don't dislike that person or I don't think they're an idiot. They're just misinformed. (laughs) (laughs) But they're misinformed. They've got... Unfortunately, in America, there's this culture of suppressors that has been brought on over the years. So when you say something, you know, as a mm-hmm. smart ass, like, well, yeah, I don't, I don't think people should be able to wear ear protection either. They'll look at you like, well, yeah, they're loud. You said it. Right. So why would I not want a suppressor? Yeah. You know, a suppressor, all it does is it's a metal tube that you screw on the end of your gun that makes it a little bit more quiet. Yeah. Um, and, and reduces recoil. You know, reduces especially on recoil, some of the bigger ones. It, it, yeah. So why would you not want someone to have a suppressor on their gun to make it a little bit more quiet? You know, so when they're out shooting, they're not loud as hell. Not yeah, your neighbors. Yeah, like not right. only are you protecting your hearing, you put you put on. If I put on a set of ear, you know, earphones, earplugs, whatever you call them, I'm protecting my hearing. Yeah. But the people standing around or people in the vicinity of me, that does nothing for them. Yeah. Right. If I put that on the end of my gun. Everybody's hearing is is protected. Yeah, exactly. So if you're hunting, you don't have to set the. I mean, if you're deer hunting, you're not going to sit there with ear protection anyway because right. it's just one shot or two shots, whatever it may be. But if you're sitting there coyote hunting or anything like that, you don't have to wear ear protection. You can just throw a suppressor. It could be Fifteen on. shots. Yeah, uh, if you it happened one time, <laughs> <laughs> one time. Well, and that's, that's when everyone's like, "Damn it, Andy, you need to get a suppressor. You're shooting way too much." <laughs> he, he, he was suppressed. Yeah. Well, Which I, and made that's it nice because then I wouldn't have to be like, "What afterwards?" Yeah, just and, like, and that's why we want them is mainly for the aspect of hunting, specifically coyotes, because we talked to O'Neill about it, and it allows you to do more sets in a smaller area. Yeah, you're not blowing up the area, causing a bunch of noise. Yep. you know, so that's why we like it, and obviously the just shooting guns, it makes it yeah. a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah, 100%. where you don't have to have and the ear. I'll be honest, and this is just my personal opinion. I think you two share it. If you are going to night hunt coyotes, mm-hmm. I almost think it's it's not required, obviously, but I feel like you should try to be suppressed yep. yeah. because you're not making a lot of noise. You know, people aren't freaking out. It's you still, know? Well, After doing it suppressed and then going after back, doing I feel ways. like guilty going out without it. Yeah. Because like, oh, man, I'm going to wake loud. up. I'm going to wake that up the neighbors. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's – and again, it's not making your your gun silent. It's only suppressing it by mm-hmm. thirty two decibels, whatever it is. So it's still loud, but it changes the tone almost. Yeah. Is yeah. what the difference is. So you'll notice when you shoot coyotes or you shoot a deer, they almost never run. 
And it's not because it's silent, but because it changes the tone because it gets rid of the crack. But, yep. So most of the time, if you're shooting a 308 or a 6.5 or any of these calibers, it's still, the bullet's still going supersonic, mm-hmm. but it's going to cut down on that supersonic crack. Um, if you are shooting subsonics, like a 300 blackout or a 22 long rifle, that's where it gets quiet. Um, by no means is it silent, but it gets very, very quiet because that's what makes a gun loud is it breaking the sound barrier and that supersonic crack. That makes sense. That makes sense. It, does it take away anything from the gun? Are you losing velocity by putting on? Suppressors will n- virtually not change the, the velocity at all. It okay. may, let's say you're shooting a bullet at 2,800 feet per second. It may change it to 2,830. Yeah. Like it may add a little bit just because you're you're not adding length to the barrel, but that barrel that bullet is stabilized for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it's you're not going to see much so of a it's, difference. It, I always, for some reason, I had it in my head that it might slow the bullet down for whatever reason. No, nope, and and you will see a point of impact difference. Yeah. Um, but that's because you're adding weight to the end of your gun, and you're also changing what the bullet is doing at the beginning. I guess you'd yeah. say you know. So most of the time, it's because you're adding weight to the gun. Yeah, at the end, and obviously, uh, there's different companies that sell them. You know, um, there's different links. Yep. There's different direct thread. Yep. Um, What is it called? Break thread. Yeah. uh, Yeah. You've got quick detach, and then you've got um, direct thread. So Mm -hmm. I'm uh, almost finished with. So when this comes out, hopefully it's it's up on our YouTube. Is um, a video going over suppressors. so pretty much suppressors are broken into three things. It's um, the category, so the caliber. So you're going to have 22, 5.56, 30 cal, um, pistol, and big bore. So that's your general suppressors. And then you've got quick detach or you have direct threat. So that's pretty much the two differences of course you're going to have different weights different lengths mm-hmm. um there's a couple different materials that they can be made from um but pretty much suppressors are the caliber and then um the way that it attaches to your gun yeah is there any pros or cons to either of those or is it preference um i would say there is pros and cons um so you guys both have 30 caliber cans yep and you're both going to have quick detach yep mm-hmm. so i think if you're going to own one can that's the way to go because anything 30 caliber or smaller in diameter, you can shoot through that 30 caliber can. Mm-hmm. So what that means is if you have a 5.56 five, or a 223, you can shoot it through a 30 caliber can. Obviously, if you have a 5.56 five, can, you cannot shoot a 30 caliber through <laughs> it. You can once. I was going to say, you, <laughs> you can, can do once. anything one time. Yeah, you can do it one time. So getting a 30 caliber quick detach um, is super beneficial because you can shoot smaller calibers through it. And then also with the quick detach, um, you could buy um, the different muzzle brakes or flash hiders, put them on each of your guns, mm-hmm. and then quickly go from one gun to the next. Um, with a direct thread, you have to take your muzzle brake off if you have it on another gun, mm-hmm. put that on, switch therefore, and, and direct threads have their time and place, but that's where a quick detach shines if you have multiple guns that you're yeah. going to be switching. Yeah, because, I mean... Not to get too in the nitty gritty. I mean, there's a process uh, whenever you go to buy a suppressor, but one thing is you have to have a tax stamp for each yep. one. So yep. if you want to save yourself, what is it? Two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks, and obviously, you know, 
eight uh, years uh, of your life. I yeah. mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, it might just be beneficial just to get one can at first, you know, yep. see how you like yeah. it, and then just get the extra attachment. And that, that's my plan. It probably, Andy, that's what you do. Um, right now, yeah. My plan is to uh, run my can on my 6-Arc and my 223 that I just bought. Yep. And probably my AR, my well, my current AR would need adjustable gas blocks, which we'll get to in a second. Yep. But, uh, and all you all you have to do is buy the, you know, for my 223, I'll have to buy a new brake that yep. will um, work with that uh, can. Yep. And then the cans have different ends that you can change in and out for, uh, you know, uh, five five six caliber or yep. whatever cap, caliber yeah. you're shooting in caps. Yep. And uh, then you can just take it on and off of each gun. Exactly. It makes it nice and easy. Yep. Um, yep. So, like Micah was kind of saying, you know, the process of getting a can, I could sit here and preach about it for a half an hour on how it works. But do it. <laughs> it. 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 It does suck because. I mean, Hopefully getting and, better. Yes. Hopefully. So, so in my personal opinion, suppressors should be less regulated than a firearm because it. Absolutely. Again, what we talked about, it's it's hearing protection. I can it's, go. To it's store. just a tool. That's all like, it yeah. is, man. I mean, I can. You can go. throw it at somebody if you <laughs> want to hurt them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not doing anything but the same as a pair of EarPro, and you can buy EarPro anywhere. And it's you go to the uh, you know NASCAR races and you're wearing EarPro. It's the same thing. So when you buy a suppressor. Um, it's illegal until you pay the government, pretty much. So, yeah. <laughs> so you have to buy a tax stamp. So you have to pay two hundred dollars for a tax stamp to be able to own it, um, and then it goes through the background check, um, the NFA process, which used to take eight months to a year. Yeah. Um, right now, they at the beginning of this year they started the e form process, which they claimed would be ninety days. Um, the government never, you know. Is correct on right. anything, but it actually has, in some cases, been working. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's been. I, about, I'll find out exactly. I mean. It's been about three months since, since I started it, and we're starting to see cans actually come back in that time frame. Good. Some people have been seeing sixty days. Um, so again, it's sixty days too long, but it's better than what it used to be, and unfortunately, that's where we're at right now. It's with, definitely the right direction. Yeah, yeah, it's better than. I mean, but it's really you know, no. I mean, when they're not doing any less work. They just made it electronic and automated. They did. They didn't actually they change it. I guess right. They should, I guess streamlined the process of it. They didn't make less background checks for it. Correct. Which I think the argument we're talking about. You know, it's not the firearm that goes bang. It's a tool on it. So yeah. why is it? Yeah. Yeah. More regulated. It'd be, yeah. Honestly, it'd be like the, doing the same thing with handguards, or exactly a trigger. Yep. Or, or you could only you could argue the trigger is even more dangerous than a can. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, I and mean, it's because it's, it's got this stigma. Yeah. Um, and not only have politicians pushed that stigma, but Hollywood has. You see these movies where a gun is literally silent. He puts it inside of his jacket and shoots a couple, and then nobody even knows. Nobody that, even knows. The guy that's not how it works. Right. But that's what they've beaten into people's heads, and mm-hmm. and people still to this day think that. And again, I don't think you're stupid. You just don't know. Ignorance. Yeah. Ignorance. I mean, that I remember James O'Neill, when he was talking about when they first started running cans, you know, he was kind of on the front end of this wave of, we call them cans, a lot, suppressors. Yeah. Um, and he would put videos out and he'd get comments. Well, what are you doing? That's illegal. And he's like, no, it, no, it's actually not. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you know, you might want to read up. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, 
it's it's that it is it, a stigma that's I mean, been put in behind yeah, it. it and it is becoming more popular i feel like oh you know, absolutely yep. since i've been hunting or whatever you never you never would see that and now within the last few years you're yeah. seeing them more and more and more or just so, look at our circle how many of us right. are going to own suppressors right. in the next well and I, and I think the new process um could even help that even more yeah i think so a lot yep. of people didn't want to wait eight nine ten a you know yeah a year yeah to get it but they might be willing to wait 60 to 90 days about exactly. how much uh, about how much can you get somebody in a suppressor for i know the i know the answer but yeah so i would say um let's just go off the 30 cal quick detach because that's if you're going to buy one can that's probably what it's going right. to be i would say you're going to start at the 500 hundred dollar range um, for a low end, you're probably going to be around that seven to eight hundred, and then you know some cans get up over a thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that seven eight hundred is is the range that you're going to really yeah. see. Um, we carry a lot of the mainstream companies like Dead Air, mm-hmm. um, Sig Sauer, Surefire, um, AAC, all these companies that have been around for a long time that make you know good quality cans. Right. So and they're about that about that range. Yeah, and we talked about you know when we first got here, we kind of looked at your your inventory there, of the differences in, you know, you have your short ones maybe four inches, you got some that are you know six seven, you know, then the different you know diameters and stuff. Yep. Um, and you know the the decibel reduction of all those differ, so it goes back to kind of what's your purpose, what's your practicality, is it you know, and what's your budget, and what's your budget, yep. yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So. When buying suppressors, I would say it's almost the same exact process as, you know, building an AR like we talked about is figuring out what's your purpose. Um, Do you want it to be lightweight? Do you not care if it's lightweight? Um, Do you want it to be as quiet as possible so you Mm -hmm. don't care about length? Or do you want it to be shorter and just, you know, suppress it, you know, a a little bit less than a longer can? So generally, a shorter can is going to suppress it less than a longer can right mm-hmm. you know a longer can obviously the bullet is inside of that can it can capture more gases you know longer so it's going to be more Quiet, quiet. quieter um but if you've got a 26 inch hunting rifle you don't want to put an eight inch suppressor on the end of that thing and be carrying around a musket you know so <laughs> yeah. so a little bit you know for for hunting you can get away with you know i'm not far from it (laughs) (laughs) no yeah how how long is the barrel on yours 24 24 and how big probably a seven six seven inch can so it's it's, in in all in all reality it's more like two and a half (laughs) depends on which ruler you're going on (laughs) (laughs) uh okay uh, let's real quick uh let's get into um suppressors and the way they affect an ar yep and what you need to do to be able to use a suppressor with an AR. Yep. So, man, where do I start? So with a suppressor, <laughs> what it's doing is suppressing the gas. Um, without getting too scientific and really diving into it, that's pretty much what it's doing. So an AR, like we talked about, is a gas-driven gun. Um, it can affect the way that the gas system works. So I'm not going to dive down why and which and blah, 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 but it affects the gas. Mm-hmm. So at that point, what you can do, you have two different options. One option is to get an adjustable gas block. Very simple. Um, and you can adjust how much gas is going back through to the bolt carrier group and functioning the firearm. The other option is changing the buffer weights. Now that's a little bit harder because you have to buy different buffer weights and you have to test them out. So most people will get an adjustable gas block. So if you have an adjustable gas block, let's say you close it all the way 
you fire one, the bolt doesn't even move, obviously, because no gas is getting to it. Open it up a little bit. Okay, eject my shell and next one in. Boom. I shoot it. Okay, it's barely, it's not ejecting the shell. It's barely coming back. Okay, pull that out. Um, you know, adjust my gas block, open a little bit more, feed the next round. Boom. Okay, now it's coming out, you know, back at um, four o'clock, five o'clock. Okay, so it's still pretty undergassed. So then at that point, you can play with it. Okay, I want I want it to be <clears throat> functioning 100%, but I don't want a ton of gas making a lot of recoil on my gun. So now I figured out it functions well, but barely. Okay, then open it up just a little bit more, and then you know it's going to function every single time. You know, then you know you're not overgassed, mm-hmm. which is going to not only put a ton of gas into your face, because again, a suppressor is doing that. It's putting a lot more gas backwards. So if you don't have adjustable gas block, it may really gas you out, as, as some would say. So you can adjust how much gas is coming back to where it functions correctly. And then also it's not, you know, recoiling a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's not gassing you out, getting in your face and you're tasting that for who knows how long. Um, right. So that's where an adjustable gas block is, is very beneficial. Yeah. So I I put my my can on a different AR. It does not have an adjustable gas block, but it's all rifle length. And I was sighting in, you know, my my thermal and I kept my I'm left-handed, so I kept my right hand up on the thermal pushing the buttons. Well, the way they ejected, I know like I shot it fine in the beginning. It it cycled just fine. Um obviously a little way harder than it was before. Mm-hmm. Well, I put my hand up there. And I was using the buttons to adjust, and I'd shoot with my hand was still on top because I had it into a, a sled. And I shot, and it just, I mean, it it pulled one shell out, pushed another in, and closed it on top of each other so fast that it actually jammed the, the empty into it. Just by my hand being right there and deflecting that much gas, that's the only difference it could have been. Yeah. I take my hand away, sets there and cycles just fine. So that much little bit of gas adjustment... I'm guessing it, it was too much yeah. um, and, and shoved everything closed too yeah. quick. Yeah, and it, it can I mean, it can it can beat up a gun if you suppress it and not able to adjust the gas because mm-hmm. it, do, it does send a lot back. So having an adjustable gas block, you can really fine-tune them, and it makes it much more enjoyable. Nice. Yeah, and I think, you know, suppressors are, especially for us hunters, you know, we're not shooters uh, as far as, like, PRS or anything like that. We don't really do that. Um, we're hunters, but for us, they have been, they're great. Uh, I don't have one on my own yet. I've been hunting with people now that have got them and I'm just like, shit, that's nice. I'll never like, go back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what everyone says that has one. I'll never not shoot suppressed. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Once you go suppressed, you never go back. Exactly. I mean, maybe if I decided on a whim to go like deer hunting and stuff and just grabbed a deer rifle and one, ran, you know, and one ran, ran out the door type deal. But yeah. if I'm like planning on going hunting and like that's the weekend hunt, I'll have that on my gun and ready to go. Yeah. 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 That'll be my gun that doesn't have it because it doesn't have threaded barrel. Yeah. Yeah. And all my guns are slowly getting threaded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one won't. Um, I don't know. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, 300 Win Mag. What the hell is it? It's a, uh, I forget what brand it even is at this Is that a Weatherby? No, it's a, it was my grandpa's gun. I can't remember. I forgot what the damn gun is. It's aggravating me sitting here talking and I don't it's remember what it is. Browning? Is it a Browning? I think it's a Browning. I don't think so. No, I don't think that's right either, bro. <laughs> it don't matter. No, it don't. Oh, it's a, it's not a Remington. 
It's that Winchester. Other. It's a Winchester <laughs> Model Seventy. Winchester Model Seventy. <laughs> yeah. I said we're getting short here. There's only a few <laughs> more companies left. It took yeah. me a second, but I got to it. Yeah, and then and another benefit to suppressors, it may sound kind of weird, is if you're getting your kid onto shooting a gun for the first time, mm. it makes a world of difference to be able to throw a suppressor because it not only makes it if you put if you have a suppressor and you put ear protection on them because obviously you would, it's going to be very quiet. It's going to reduce the recoil. It's not going to make it as, as violent, so it makes it more enjoyable for them yeah. so they can learn a lot more easily without being intimidated. There's cool. a lot of time, yeah. lots on that, that scariness to a child. They call it the recoil, but in reality, it's not the recoil. It's the noise. Yeah, yeah. So it's the big boom, and, yeah, they felt something, yep. but they associate with that with something bigger than what it was. So you take that big boom down yep. a notch. Yep. And, yeah. Um, just, so we, just so people that might not know – I can Russell or Andy or anybody anybody that has a suppressor that you are they can they can let somebody use that gun as long as they are with them. Oh correct? yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yep. so it's not as something. As long as I'm present, have my, my stamp. Right. Yep. It's not like Andy's got it. He's the only one that can shoot that gun. So yep. if you do have one, your kids can use it right, as long right, as you're right, right. you yep. know as long as you're there with them. Yep. Right. So yeah, and the same thing with a new shooter. I mean. um, not only kids, but a new shooter, it's the same way. They may be intimidated. They may be nervous, which, you know, I can understand. Um, so having them shoot suppressed for the first time, it's a huge difference. They're, mm-hmm. It does everything that you'd want a first-time shooter to experience. Right. You know, it's not as violent. So it makes it a lot easier with transition into, when getting into it. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought that would be a good uh, segue into suppressors in this show, I think, uh we're big fans of them, and you can get into one like we were saying. I mean, somewhere around a grand. Yeah. Just depends yeah. on what you All pick. Said, Mine actually right. was a little less because the one I found was on sale. Yep. So I got. So by like the time a you put your tax stamp, rugged in it, razor. I went took mine into a trust. Yeah. Yep. I'm yeah. Telling all my secrets. Cost a little point. bit. Yeah. Uh, and it's you know it's a it's an awesome tool. Um, what else? You guys got anything else? I don't. I can't think of anything. Go build your own AR. Might as well. And while you're at it, might as well get a suppressor while you're in trouble with your wife. <laughs> hey, Micah, you know the difference between in-law and outlaw? What's that? Outlaws are wanted. <laughs> you just can't do it like in the outro anymore, can you? You, you, ruin, you, it. Ruin, you ruin it, it every, every time. time. <laughs> He's got to surprise you with it. I know, but it still bothers me. That was a good one. You did a good job this week. Cam, you got anything else? No, oh, man. Where can they oh, yeah, find your yeah, YouTube? Yeah. And yeah, so everything's pretty much just Midwest Gunworks. Uh, MidwestGunworks.com is our website. If you go on YouTube, type in Midwest Gunworks, you'll see us on there. Uh, we're trying to put at least one video a week. Um, a lot of our stuff is educational um, because, you know, people that are already in the gun industry kind of already know this stuff. Um, we want to help people that are just now getting into it. Mm-hmm. So titling our videos is very important to me because it finds new gun owners yeah. how to build an ar-15 lower that's someone that's just getting into it that's what they're going to search so that's the title how to build an ar-15 upper um how to choose my next suppressor i mean that's the that's the title of our videos so I've had cameron's on so many lists <laughs> these youtube channels how to build guns <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we do the youtube is not only to um you know provide entertainment but to provide the education um if you're kind of you know you hunt but you're not super into guns you know i suggest you know kind of if you're interested i'm not saying you have to but dive into it 
um, learn what you can own, um, like suppressors, mm-hmm. semi-automatic rifles with standard capacity you, thirty you, round you, magazines. Is this a? Is this a? Sir, is this a full semi-automatic? <laughs> <laughs> a thirty-round magazine is standard capacity. It's not a high-capacity magazine. I don't know how many times it's, but being able to educate people to know that that is that there's no difference in a thirty-round AR-15 and your grandpa's bolt action. You know the right. the the amount of people that if they actually experienced these things, they would understand it. And that's all it is, is education. So, mm-hmm. you know, our YouTube, Midwest Gunworks, uh, Facebook, Instagram, same thing. Um, Facebook, Instagram is kind of more of a short, short form, um, photos, you know, little yep. snippets here and there. YouTube's more of that long form to where we can show that education. So I just suggest, um, Educating yourself and your friends, if you are into firearms already and you know a lot, you know, someone that you may know is, you know, kind of hinted at they're wanting to get into it, man, bring them in, you know, Mm -hmm. that's how you grow not only the hunting community, but the second amendment community as, as a lot of people like to call it, because the more people that actually experience it, the more people are going to agree with you. Yeah. And that's with everything. We talked about that with hunting. You know, if, if someone actually hunts, then they start to understand it. And then you have one more person that actually gets it. Not these people on the opposite side that don't know what they're talking about. And that's why they're on the opposite side. If they understood what you understood, they wouldn't be on the other side. They'd be right right there with you. Right. And one last bit of uh, education you can give people. And I would say 99.9999999. Do you guys get where I'm going on that? percent of the people listening to us know this but ar does not stand for assault rifle <laughs> yeah politicians yeah yeah what's it stand for not assault rifle an ar is not an assault rifle no. there's actually no such thing no it can't it can't it can't, it can't do an action uh, right. You know, the person that Action has it can do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, if, if someone, you know, says, oh, I don't really like those, don't call them an idiot. Don't say they're stupid. Don't do all these things. They, may, they may be. They may be. But, you know, being able to say, well, let me explain this to you and just kind of explain something to them, it'll yeah. change someone's mind dramatically. Trust me. When when you're out at dinner with your wife and her friend's like, oh, I don't like assault rifles. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm biting a hole through my <laughs> lip. Right and then I was like, and I was like, check, please. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you, you, you said, you said it? <laughs> but you said, you said, bitch. That's why I'm not allowed to go out to dinner with my wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's a, an awesome tool. You know, it's an all around awesome tool. You can use it hunting. It's just a cool tool. Yep. They're fun. Yeah. And you talk about getting people involved. I mean, it's it's another way to be an advocate other than verbally having the conversation with them. I mean, if you're not a, a conversation in person, you know, speaking out, you know, and, and try to, trying to explain that to people, getting people involved and taking them and showing them is another way to be an advocate for your hunting rights, your Second Amendment rights, like you're talking about, like getting them involved. I mean, when people yep. say be an advocate, it doesn't have to mean you're standing on a podium beating your fist, you know, trying to explain yourself. Being an advocate to be showing somebody, taking, giving them that experience that you have. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I agreed. All right, uh, Cam, if you don't have anything else, we're going to end the show. I think that's it. I'm ready to shoot some coyotes with you guys. That's what I know. That's the next thing down. we're doing. <laughs> All right, thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks All for right. having me. See ya. That's a wrap. I'm ready to shoot. Yeah, let's go shoot. Of course, it had to be freaking raining today. I know. It had to ruin well, everything. Well, by the time we drive home, it may not be. That's true. That's I'm true. hoping we get home in enough time to at least put a few rounds down. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. 
Yeah. Hope it's hopefully it's not too dark. Uh wanna thank Cameron yes. and Midwest Gunworks for letting us uh loiter around their place We've for the entire day. <laughs> We've been literally been here all day and everybody's gonna start yeah. thanking we're we got here at what, nine thirty? Something like that. Yeah. Nine forty five. And it is uh three thirty now. Yeah. So I'm sure Cameron's got about thirty minutes worth of freaking like hard ass work he's gotta get done Uh-oh. before he's gotta go home. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh so he said he's not a, yep, get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> we all just took the day off. You had to come into work still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh that was a great show. And um I I thank the listener who is thinking about building an AR, scared about building one. This I mean, this is gonna be a good resource. Yeah. Midwest Gunworks itself is a great resource. I think we mentioned it. Jump on the website, look YouTube. at their blueprints, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Call them. We're sitting right outside their customer service department. They got a bunch of people here waiting to take your call. Damn. They just like gave like all that extra work to all Boom. the customer service people. <laughs> they're real excited about what Andy just said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's what they're there for. All right. Uh, yeah. A great show. And um, it was a pretty long one. So if you all don't have anything else, you did your freaking dad joke at the end of the show. So you screwed my You're day welcome. up. welcome. Got another one for me by chance. Nope. All right. I won't give you that pleasure. All right. That's fine. All right. Till next time. Bye. See you.